Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number 130. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. We've set this train wreck on the path to its eventual derailment. <laughs> and Ian. I have just learned that vaginas can do magical things when they're diddled with properly. All right. And of course, the one, the only, female, Terry. The token girl. I was just well, listening to some Jane's Addiction. Oh, well, very uh, good. Wait, wait, she's the only female? She's the only female. Oh. No, what she said was that she, she's the only female, Terry. Oh. It's true. That's no, the, I'm not either. I know some other women named Terry. Well, I'm not saying he was telling the truth. I'm just saying <laughs> that's what he said. Wait, now you're calling me a liar? Boy, we're off to a rough start. No, you're calling you a liar. I'm just simply pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well. <laughs> And of course, we're missing dumbass this week. He's on a he's on a bus. He tried to call in, but there's too much background noise, so we're just gonna have to to miss him. Does everybody miss him with me? I always miss dumbass when he's not here. I know. And all I can think of is that line from Office Space. Well, I wouldn't exactly say I've been missing it. Bob, I, I always miss dumbass when he is here. <laughs> he's always missed by someone. Yeah, because you just don't get him. <laughs> It's that um, highfalutin Canadian humor. Yep. So we have some listener feedback. I, I, even we have listeners. I, we which, have listeners. <laughs> we have listeners. That's so awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. So so our two listeners wrote in this week. Thank you for yes. writing in. Oh, actually not this week. This Howard says, I mean, Howard writes this every week. Thank you, Howard. Yes. <clears throat> may, the, may the purple hippo bless him. And uh, who's playing something in the background there? Never mind. It stopped. It must. It must be Ian. <laughs> I'm the only one in here, and there's no music or anything. Okay, I, I don't know. I didn't hear anything I, I either. I think you're hallucinating. That could be. It is legal to do that now. <laughs> so anyway, so um, Howard sends us a lot, a lot of things, but in particular, um, one of the things that we were talking about, we were talking about the the woman who um got her photos leaked, and she, in response, um. Finally, she put out some videos of, of herself that she preferred. And one of the things that I had said when we were talking about it is that, you know, if she had been ugly, nobody would care. Um, but Howard's point was that if she had been ugly, she would have been ridiculed for being ugly, to, to which I, I absolutely agree. It would have and, been ridiculed for something else. And she would still else. have been slut-shamed and everything she, else. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and, and I'd still wonder if it, had, if it would have been as, as big a deal. You know, um, if it, if it would have been, but I, I don't know. Um, I agree with that too. But dumbass disagrees. Did you see? He sent us yeah. an email late in the day. Yeah, yeah. What did what did he say about that? Can you... So dumbass says, if you go into any shop with a significant porn collection, so not a convenience store, you will find a porn. You will find porn associated with a wide range of body types and sizes. Many of these videos will strike a lot of us as being people that we don't find attractive, and who we wouldn't want to see naked. But there's enough of a market for it that you can find these videos pretty easily in a brick and mortar store. It's not something that most people bat an eye at. So the premise that if a non-attractive woman's porn videos are released has, in fact, been empirically tested, and it's been found that it's not considered a big deal. So that's dumbass's point, that all body sizes are in porn. Right, but to Howard's point, it could happen either way. I think he's still right. I, I, I still think it's more likely to happen if it's an attractive woman and more likely to be overlooked if, if it's somebody nobody wants to look at. But mm -hmm. it could happen either way. Yep, I agree. And I agree that yeah. women who are not conventionally attractive get a lot of, can get a lot of um, harassment for that, for how they look. Absolutely. So, and then the other one, of course, we have many bakeries in Colorado, but what we like to do is start conflicts yeah. with our bakeries. And of course, we've had bakeries be sued for uh, refusing service. And we talked about a particular one where a woman did not want to write something offensive on a cake. And, of course, this turned out to be a long discussion for us. But Penny added a little bit of nuance to our discussion. Uh, so Penny wrote in and said, I just wanted to make a comment on the bakery discrimination. Businesses are allowed to refuse service, but the reason cannot be discrimination of a protected class. Therefore, if the bakery owner in the gay case had said, I can bake the cake for you and left it at that, they would not be in the mess they got in. Instead, they said, I cannot bake the cake for you because you're gay. Then they fell into the discrimination problem. The way I see it, they were more than proud to announce their bigotry, which they, what they hated was being called on it. Announcing that you're 
discriminating against someone in a business setting is never a good move. As to the bakery in Colorado, she refused to put the writing on the cake. This was the anti-gay writing or something. Right. Something. Right. Uh, refused to put the writing on the cake because she found it offensive, not because the person requesting it was Christian. Therefore, she did not commit discrimination because her refusal was not based on the customer's religious belief of protected class, but due to the offensive comment that was printed. As a business owner, I can refuse to do what I find offensive as long as I don't state that I am refusing due to bigotry against a protected class. I can think I can think it all I want, but to avoid problems, I just need to keep that bigotry to myself. So, uh, albeit you know, our discussion um, was was about whether or not it was okay to to to, to be a bigot, and and I think in the end, I, I think that we kind of agreed that as long as somebody else will serve them, that it's okay, you know, for for the free market to take care of the the, the free radicals, if you will. And we I do, like. We- we will like be talking about this somewhat tonight. There's an article related yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So. Yeah, so we have a, an, well, we're going to elaborate on this more. We're not done with the topic. Terry? I think yeah. that there's a good legal distinction, though. The protected class thing I hadn't considered before that right. email. So I think that's a really nice to have that yeah. demarcation. No, I think that, I mean, uh, legally, she's absolutely correct, right? One one person was discriminating. The other person was not. So I think the, the woman who didn't want to write something offensive on a cake, I think that was handled well. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. But we right. do have a discrimination law. Says that it says that you can't discriminate against a protected class. Now, I did not realize when did when did being gay become a protected class? Because I thought that there was a debate about whether they were or weren't. I think it varies from state to state and how the laws are. There, there's some states where they're very much not a protected class. And in fact, there are laws that say you get to openly and freely discriminate them as, as you want, which is also related to um, our later topic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. So I think a lot of this um, we'll say for that. No, but I think that, that Penny hit what was absolutely right in her distinction of the of the two. Yes. So yep, yeah. I so agree. so I appreciated that. So so thank you, Penny. Thank you for listening. Please keep listening. We need yeah. all the listeners we can get. And if you have a friend, <laughs> encourage them to listen to. Yes. Because we need smart listeners, smart listeners that are particularly smarter than we are, which you clearly are. <laughs> which is not. Which is a pretty low bar. Yeah, so we have we have Howard and Penny to keep us straight now. That's that's wonderful. So, <clears throat> okay, so now it's time for the masturbation moment. The amateur skeptics present Ian's masturbation moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire. Bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. All right, Terry, tell me about versatility. Sorry, I was distracted by a child for just a second. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Oh, hey, you know what? Birth control is a good thing. I know, right? (laughs) So um, I linked to a Gawker article. It's titled, Who's the Man? Being versatile in bed is a way of life. The author is a gay man who discusses his view that gay men have the very best sex. So he just unequivocally thinks that they have the best sex. Not only because it's gay sex, but because gay men tend to be a lot more versatile in bed than straight men and straight women probably. And it's great because he talks about, um, you know, the question he gets asked a lot by straight people is who's top and who's bottom. And what they're really asking about is the gender binary, right? Who's the, who's the woman in this scenario when you have anal sex? And so he's saying that a lot of gay men are more versatile and they can do both and removing that gender binary just makes everybody uh, more relaxed and you know it's easier to have a good a good time uh i have a couple of excerpts from the article hearing about sex that differs from the kind you have shouldn't be a traumatic experience and furthermore such information is not a threat to your sexuality belief in the implicit supremacy on man of man on man sex is the closest thing i have to faith the reason i believe this is simple versatility Gay sexual roles are roughly divided into three categories, specifically pertaining to anal sex. Tops are those who do the fucking, or speaking clinically, provide insertive anal intercourse. Bottoms are those who get fucked or experience receptive anal intercourse. And versatiles are those who do both. And then he goes on at length to describe the benefits of versatility, like variable variable mutual pleasure, or you become sexually compatible with virtually anyone because you can do whatever, and freedom from the cultural masculine feminine binaries that might bleed over into the rest of their relationship. I guess so, it's like being a switch hitter in baseball. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> I like the idea. Yeah, I kind of liked it 
the idea well, of talking about being able to do both. And yeah. Early on in season four of the Game of Thrones TV series, you have this one prince who is bisexual and talking about why he's bisexual and how it's like, just enjoy it. Go out there and, you know, have sex with everyone you can because that's what matters in life. <laughs> my, problem, my problem with the argument is, okay, that, that, that's great in their scenario. This, this idea that somebody is having better sex because they're versatile is so subjective. Yeah. I agree. But I like uh, – I don't think – yeah, I disagree that he's having – that gay men have better sex than straight people. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I mean, There's no way to measure that, really. Right. You, know, you can do there's, – There's no way to measure it except possibly by – you know, if, if you've got gay men, they're saying they're having better sex than straight men. They haven't tried. Well, That's I mean, here, here's the thing is yeah. – it doesn't matter. It, but it, his his reasoning, though, he says because he's gay, there's more versatility. Well, that's from his perspective. And the thing is, if he was to try straight sex, he's saying he already has the versatility training from being gay, so he wouldn't be able to subjectively um, be able to say the difference. Well, here's the thing is that in a heterosexual relationship, you can have switches, you know, domin yeah. dominant sure. women. You can uh, have submissive sex, men, you know, just you, throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. so but the you, versatility yeah. of it is depending on the couple themselves. Well, exactly. That that's that's where it comes down to is is the how versatile is the couple. Well, this and, echoes uh, also that one pastor that we talked about a couple episodes ago who thought that women should never be on top, right? Because it's the dominant position. Mm -hmm. So even in straight sex, he was like, women shouldn't top because. Uh, it puts the man in a submissive position. Right, but so, all all this comes back to the fact that much of how we relate to sex has been dictated by the church. Absolutely. And so if we can get rid of that portion of it, all these arguments become moot and people just go out and have the sex they want to have and, and there's no judgment, right? Right. All the consensual adult sex you want. Which would be far better. Right. Yeah. And so much less shame and so much less stress and... Yeah. I just thought it was interesting because I hadn't really um, – I had never heard anyone talk about uh, gay man sex in that way quite. Yeah, but uh, you uh, South Park's done the joke I've heard other times with women where it's like, lesbians, how do they do it? Well, yeah, so they would be so, the least versatile, right? Yeah. So, so there, there's jokes Because they can't penetrate the each other with, without, without using an object. Without Wait, using so why does fingers. that make them less versatile? Well, I, I I don't know why why does two men why does why are two men more versatile? Because apparently they're having sex inside a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where'd you get the picture? According no, but see, the but, illustration I'm seeing did, that that's kind of the point, Terry. Right? How, why are they? Why why is anybody less versatile? This is about the person, right? More right. than more than the, whether they're whether gays or straight. No, I I agree with that. Yep. I will have to say, for the for the standpoint of the Swiss Army knife, they apparently do still have the tweezers on that. So you know that's that's pretty good. If you don't lose the tweezers or the toothpick, you're keeping your Swiss Army knife well. You know, I imagine that Victory Knox will never use this as a promotional tool. Probably not. Oh, they should. <laughs> we make the gayest chef knives. See, then they're gonna yeah. That would be the most versatile, maybe. Chef's maybe knife. they'd be the most versatile. <laughs> Cut more than one thing. <laughs> what would be uh, what would be the tools you would have on a gay Swiss Army knife? <laughs> Apparently, a couple of arms, a couple of legs, and a penis. Oh, and a butt. No head for sure. You eliminate the head. <laughs> so uh, a small reloadable tube of lube is probably not something you're going to put. Well, in see, there. here's where you got something wrong: is that th those are not tweezers. That's the lube dispenser. <laughs> hmm, okay, I could be wrong. Cunningly disguises the tweezers. I, well, yeah, it's supposed to be. I thought you were going for a cunnilingus joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed an opportunity. Oh. Oy, oy, oy. Anyway, the way this speaks to the gender binary in our culture I thought was interesting, too. That, that, I do. I totally agree is, with you about the yeah. versatility and stuff. That is interesting, you know, but but it may be a little bit cocked, so we should move on. And of course, talking about the Swiss Army knife with the disguised lube, that definitely fits <laughs> in with our next. I, I found this great article on Cracked. You know me, I love my Cracked. Yes, we know. Um, this one is six sex toys toy companies disguised as household products, just to show how perverted our world has become. Well, oh, hold on, no, 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 no. Not perverted. Perverted? Well, no. Uh, why are any of these perverted? 
Okay, maybe preferred is not quite the right word, but it's um, absolutely the wrong normalized sex toys have become exactly. Let's, let's I like that better. Okay. Anyways, um, it goes. It's in, they're basically taking sex toys and making them less obvious. In this case, uh, the first one is basically sex toys dis- disguised as purse items, and you have lip. Uh, they actually they just call it bomb stick. O bomb. Okay, O bomb stick looks like lip balm. Um, however, <laughs> uh, you could give a back massage with it. Yeah. A highly centralized back massage. But basically it is a series of what looks like cosmetics, which you would not use to apply makeup. In fact, most likely most women would probably not bring them near their face after they get their proper use. Why not? <sighs> I guess it depends on if the woman likes the smell of her own. I like the title. Sex toy disguised as a purse item for the horny James Bond. <laughs> Listen, this is this is awesome. I mean, a, because the the size is good, it's concealable. You can carry your vibrator anywhere. Yeah, that's what, uh, how it looks like. The idea is this is excellent, and the, and there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, it looks like there's a whole bunch of these. One of them is a um, got a mascara brush. That that vibrates. I mean, that could be that's very useful. Disguised. Yeah, that's excellent. It has three speeds. Nice. I too like the mascara brush. I've got to say. Yeah, that's, that's the awesome. one I like is the mascara brush. <laughs> well, because, we know what to get you guys for Christmas. Absolutely, I'll take one. There you go. Yes, absolutely, I'll take one. yeah. Because here's the thing: is that Ooh. that 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 brush on the end vibrating? That seems extremely useful to me. We should pitch the company to send us these, and we'll review them. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> Yeah, so I I like this idea. I think these are fabulous. <laughs> okay, the next is a um USB drive vibrator. Basically, it is a rechargeable USB vibrator that plugs right into your computer. Yeah, I like that idea because because I because batteries and vibrators, I mean, what a pain in the ass. So re, so rechargeable vibrators, I think, are definitely the way to go. I hope that I hope that my mascara vibrator is rechargeable as well. Has a, <laughs> has a nice lithium ion battery, you know, so that we can just recharge it by plugging it into the computer. Because I hate buying these freaking batteries. That's the worst part of these little vibrators is the batteries. Yeah, and according to this, it actually works as a working USB drive. It can um, pack up to 16 gigabytes of storage. Well, that's I let mean me, that's uh, easy. Let me address <laughs> that real quick. I love what they said here, which is it's enough to hold every season of Game of Game of Thrones, but you should have strong reservations about sticking that in your crotch because it seems like a bad omen. Like <laughs> think was the Red Wedding. Uh, okay then next we have charge your phone with the power of jacking off basically this is a rich uh excuse me a wristband that you put on when you're busy pleasuring yourself and the movements of the (laughs) work will actually charge it up so it has a kinetic charging apparatus in it that charges a battery like those shaker flashlights, right? And then, and then you set your phone on it and 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 to charge, right? Yeah. So you and see, it, right there, it, you know, why are you masturbating so much? I gotta keep my phone charged. Well, here's the thing: is that uh, actually you could wear this all the time and just be charging it with kinetic energy. It doesn't have to just be while you're masturbating. Yeah, that's kind of what 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 they kind of geared it towards. But there's no reason to just wear it while you're masturbating. I mean, I if you're gonna use it, if you're actually gonna use it to charge a phone, you'd want to wear it all the time, and so that anytime you're moving your wrist, it's charging. Well, and it looks exactly like those um, fitness wristbands. That exactly. It looks now. like a Fitbit. Actually, you know what it looks like to me is it looks like it would drastically improve your balance. <laughs> right, because of ions or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I see, I see where you're going with this. Um, you know, you, you really, somebody got sued for saying such things. <laughs> that it would drastically improve their balance? Well, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So the next one's one of my favorite. Oh, wait, I, I love here. this. So it says create dirty energy. I love that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I'm noticing something here I, I need to address. Is is yep. Ian a lot more prude than I gave him credit for? I mean, he's, he doesn't like to use the specific vocabulary. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, yeah. he's a, but, I don't know. I'm trying to be polite for some odd reason. Well, uh, why? I, you said the VJJ word earlier. <laughs> The the JJ JJ word. Word. Oh my god! Here's the Can thing. Can we say vagina and vulva, please? Instead yeah. of anyway. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Here's here's the thing. It's that it's just us adults here. Kids, 
It's time for you to, to leave the leave. Okay, get out. Yeah, this this podcast is definitely marked. Yeah, not safe for yeah, work. It's and a, it it's explicit. Adult. Yeah. Okay, I'll try and be it a little more nasty. Well, here's the thing: is well, that they're even clinical. Just use a clinical term. Yeah, I mean, why, why are you having so much problems saying <laughs> vagina and vulva and I'm just uterus? Trying to be polite. That's all. Why, why <laughs> is that? Why is what you do? Why is being nervous just about saying you, man, it more you polite? Can use, you can use hoo hoo. <laughs> oh, geez. No, you cannot use hoo hoo. Oh, we have oh, to name God. the girl parts yeah, in particular. You need to label all the girl parts. All right, so let Prude Man can, can continue here, okay? As I was saying, the next one is one of my favorites. It's an alarm clock vibrator that might wake you up in the morning. Basically, you, uh, the women, I, 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 it doesn't say it's meant for men, but I, I guess if a man wanted to stick it up his rear, he could. But um, basically, it's a vibrating alarm clock that women. Puts in her panties. I, I'm guessing she puts the knob up her vagina, and she sets it for what time she wants it to go off. Well, you morning. have to set that against the clitoris is where I think you'd want to set That's that. That's where I would set it. Yeah. yeah. That's just me, though. I mean, if you want to, whatever. Uh, we're using, uh, Brian, we're, we're using the, the term love button tonight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right, for the prude man? Okay. For the for the prude man, let me or rephrase man that. man in the boat. <laughs> man in the boat, yes. <laughs> Very, of course, good. I, I love the caps in here. Sorry, boss, my dildo broke. We here. Uh, let's see if we can offend every single woman that listens to the podcast. <laughs> the three of us. The three of you. <laughs> the three of you. You and Penny. I don't know who the other one is. Kimberly might listen. Kimberly, uh, yeah, she's listening. Let's see if we can offend all three of you. But so yeah, it's basically an alarm clock and vibrator. So you know, I, I I guess it would also work for like you know you're going to be at a boring event or something. It's like okay, I'll set it for the middle of the lecture hmm. so that I'll wake myself up. Too bad it doesn't have the remote option. That would be. A... <laughs> uh, I could I that... couldn't do that. I could never have have like one of those remote ones and have my wife wearing it because I would just keep hitting that button. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> it would not be good. You would abuse it. Would I would abuse, abuse it. it. I would have totally abuse it. I'm telling you right now, I would abuse it. I'm sorry. So next we have wearable bondage gear. And apparently um, guitarist Dave Navarro um, wears these. And what it is is an all-purpose strap that he actually uses as his guitar strap. But it, um, it is apparently bondage gear. Um, it can be converted to a two, three, or four point restraint. That's awesome. So it, it's adjustable. You look at it, it looks like it's like about three or four belts actually kind of oddly mixed together with, you know, various links to them. And it looks like it, a yeah. collar, like a dog okay, collar. Okay, so yeah, collar, I guess yeah. my question is, is that the purpose he actually puts it to, or is this just simply a design piece? Because uh, it does look like... It does look like bondage straps, definitely, but it could just as easily be a design piece. Um, the article itself actually. Oh, here we go. No, I, I think it's a, a real thing because you can go to the link in the Dave Navarro strap. Okay, and that's actually what they're calling it. So he might have actually had um some work in designing it. But you look at what the link takes you to. It says they're selling it as bondage gear. Oh, it actually shows okay. it has a model at the bottom showing how it works as a four. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Because you combine the wrist and the um, ankles together, and it shows it being used as collar on her as well. So excellent. All right. Oh, it comes apart. That's how. It's, oh, that's it. Yeah. Go to the link, people, and look at um, how it actually functions if you want to figure it out. Because it does show. Okay. Cool. The link's worth doing. So apparently, it, it looks like it's bonded your design. Uh, did it say it was designed by him? Yeah. It said it, he had a hand in designing right. it. He worked in helping design it, so that's why he uses his guitar strap. Great advertising there. Hey, you have a unique guitar strap. Oh, yeah, that's my bondage belt. You want me to show you how it works? <laughs> oh. And then it finishes up with dildo chess. Basically, a chess set that is all dildos. And that would be mate. Oh. <laughs> Although apparently it's seven thousand dollars, so that's a lot of dildos. That's a yeah, seven thousand dollars. Holy mackerel! Seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Yeah, Wait, no, seven. Okay. Oh, my mind's. Here, here's it it so, so, go ahead. So I guess the queens they use would explain. I don't see you guys right. 
painting the kind of mate I'm contemplating. I'd let you watch. I would invite you, but the queens we use would not excite you. <laughs> yes, I believe they would. It finishes with pictures of Magneto and Professor Xavier playing chess and talking about the um, writing new fan fiction based around that. Oh, shipping them or something, right? Is that what we call it? If we ship Magneto and uh, Xavier. What? Have I just gone completely? <laughs> Didn't we cover a story a while ago where what the kids call um, fan fiction that puts two unlikely Slash. partners in Yes. But I thought shipping was the verb for putting them in, forcing them into a relationship in your fanfic. Um, no? I've always heard slash. Slash. Okay, sorry. So yeah. this chess set is the, is the name of it, One Night in Bangkok? Yes. <laughs> See, I, I, I got to thank you because now I get to use that song. It, 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 <laughs> and, and, then, and I also want to thank the prude for, for putting the article in here. <laughs> <sighs> You nasty, nasty man, you. <laughs> yeah, um, by the way, Brian, edit out every time that Ian said dildo or anything else and replace that with vibrator. <laughs> oh, no, massager. Massager, right. Massager. Well, dildo and vibrator are kind of interchangeable. Massager, you know, is a little more tasty. Oh, and uh, you can use that in my voice, by the way. <laughs> it's really obvious. Yeah, that'll be very obvious. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> That might have to be. That might have to go in a blooper reel somewhere. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> All right. Well. Okay. We made it. We made it through. Everybody. How does everybody feel? Breathe. <gasps> okay. I'm good. No. I'm feeling quite breastulated because I can't say titillated in front of Ian. Oh yeah. <laughs> breastulated. <laughs> So if you guys worked for uh, Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, did I get that right? Rick Scott. What what do you think that if you if if you were Rick Scott in in your administration, what 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 word do you think that you would you would ban from your employees using in, you know in in government positions? Asshat. Asshat. Yes, I I think that I think that he probably should ban that. Yes. Yeah, that's probably not a good way to refer to him. What else do you think that um might he might just safe. Just don't use that. Um, if anybody here recognizes the Carl Hyacin reference, I would. I think he would probably ban the word skink. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That there's those are all good words that that should probably legitimately not be used in government. Uh, but what about climate change or global warming? The no one make any sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. Right. So apparently, uh, in Florida, the the environmental department protection were banned from using the words climate change, global warming, and sea level rise under Republican Senator <laughs> State uh, Republican State Governor Rick Scott. <laughs> wow. And I guess this was not an official memo. Uh, I guess there was a memo, but it wasn't like I I, I couldn't I, I can't believe that, that he would have sent out a memo, but apparently they were not supposed to use those words. Nuisance flooding. Oh, my God. It's so Orwellian. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, th here's the thing is that, okay, he clearly doesn't believe in, in global warming, right? And climate no, I change. I don't know whether he believes in global warming or not, but politically, he clearly does not. Politically, uh, that's a really good, that's a really good distinction. It's like, okay, so, th yeah. Yeah. This is a platform thing. Exactly. Absolutely. But to go this far with it? Did you know to tell your Department of en Environmental Protection not to use those words? Holy mackerel! What an asshat! <laughs> uh, what's this? There's a paragraph in here I was just skimming that was like, um, "Don't use those words because it would bring unwarranted attention to their projects." Maybe that's a self-protective mechanism. Maybe if you use those words, it's like a dog whistle for the Republicans to unfund your shit. I don't know. Well, I don't think that was. You know, uh, you might you might just be saying though that the unwanted attention would be from the governor himself. Sure. Who would unfund your shit? Well, but here's yes. the problem: is that aren't aren't they doing? Aren't there some like like real estate ventures going on 
that if sea, if the sea relies that they're predicting actually happens, that those ventures will be underwater. I mean, oh, isn't sure. there some stuff like that going on in Florida? I mean, Florida is it, that there's a place that I would not want to own real estate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying yes, and I'm not saying no. I am saying that they're marketing to Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually an unintentional oh. poem, but I went with it when I realized it. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, so we put that under our what the fuck were they thinking? I mean, it's like, yeah. come on, you, you cannot you cannot make these things not happen by denying them and, and, and just making people not talk about them. <laughs> They'll creep up on you that way. That's the problem is even if the even if they're wrong, if you're not having those discussions, you know, and, and it's right, it'll just creep up on you and you won't be prepared. Which is kind of and what if you're, you're heading not for. having discussions, and even if it's wrong, you still look like a putz for not having the discussion. Exactly for for not even be willing to have the discussion. It makes you look like an idiot because it's not something that nobody else is discussing either. It makes you look like an asshat. That's spectacular. I love that he's found these words, these phrases. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the answers in Genesis of um, climate science. All right, tell me about the Oklahoma. Okay, as we were promising, we would um, go back to this subject. So, you know, with all the talk about the anti-gay, um, it, you know, bakery issue that we have talked about in the past, apparently in Oklahoma, um, there's actually a bill, bill called the Oklahoma Religious Freedom Act, which will, um, would allow businesses like wedding cake bakers and photographers to deny services if it was against the person's religious beliefs. So, um, a um, Democratic member of the Oklahoma Senate said, okay, well, if, if you want to do that, I'm going to add an amendment to it. The amendment basically says that in any store that wishes to um, utilize that law and um, follow what is given by it, needs to put up a sign saying we will not serve homosexuals or whatever they decide to discriminate against. Actually post the discriminations openly in order to um, be able to justify them is what it's saying. I love the idea myself. Like, okay, if you really want to push this idea that this is their religious freedom, that they have every right to discriminate like this, then I want, I'm all for having a warning before I will go near their store. Oh no! I love the idea of them having to put up an asshole sign. I yes. mean, they, this is this is like the asshole tax that we talked about in the, in the <laughs> last in the last episode. It's like, okay, that's fine. You can do that, but you got to put up a sign saying I'm a dick. Right. You know, I, I, I agree. I, I think that's the most. Uh, that's as far as it gets. Then is you know you want to you know tell me the people that you know that, that you are, are against people that I personally can't understand why you want to dehumanize. Great. I want to know it. I want to make sure I don't give you a single penny of my money because I don't want to fund that asshole. And this I, is, to me, this is exactly what these kind of, all these laws should have amendments like the saying, okay, if you really want to push this religious freedom bullshit, um, we want to know exactly what you stand for before we um, are about, you know, give us the same freedoms back, basically. So um, is it, is Ryan, is it Kingsley? Kings, Kings, Kingsley? Uh, I can't now pronounce. Yeah, you want me to be able to pronounce? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry. You? I'm sorry. Here Kiesel, we need Kiesel, um, director of the ACU of Oklahoma, praised the amendment. Uh, so I mean, so it's got backing from the ACLU. In that, I mean, it, it it really is the the way to do these bills. That's fine. You can be an asshole, but you have to. But you have to put a sign up. And you know what? Some I mean, the, some of these assholes are going to do it too. But at least you'll know yeah. right away. And they'll get people that want to patronize them, and they'll get people that don't want to patronize well, them. Well, and th and that's the point, right? If but, every single bakery puts these up, then we have a problem. Then we have to look at our the back to discrimination laws. But if it's only a if it's well, only if, a handful, if every single gay bakery puts these up, then we got to wonder why bakeries hate gay people. Exactly. <laughs> but like I said, it, it's a freedom thing. If they want this religious freedom, then it needs to come back to us. And so it's like, okay, I want my freedom to make my choice based off of. You know what you claim you believe in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is great. So it's a uh, House Amendment uh, HB 1371. So if anybody wants to look at that a little bit further, I think it's a I think it's a very very smart piece of uh, 
It's a smart thing to do. Well, I think by adding it, it'll prevent it from passing, too. That's the other thing. Yeah. That's by, by and it will hopefully it. start up more actions like that across the country. In some ways, I prefer it passed. So that, I mean, just so that people put those signs up. <laughs> but, you know, if the legislatures around the country are paying attention, hopefully we'll see more of that. It's definitely the proper way to deal with it, I think. Right, because what I could do is if I was a baker, I could put up a sign that says that um, I that I won't serve uh, Senator Joseph uh, Silk. <laughs> And, and all of these other Republicans who wanted to discriminate, get, discriminate in the first place. I, I could put up a sign saying I won't serve those people specifically. That'd probably be a great business move, actually. I think so. I think, I think it probably would. Okay, Brian, take us to Germany. Yep, and see if you can increase the uh, the asshat count by Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The There's got to be one of those 500 letter German words for asshat, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I just don't know what it is. So this asshat in Germany, who is uh, who is you know an um, anti vaccine proponent, put up a challenge, say saying that he that he would pay a hundred euros. I think it's euros. Or is it pounds? Yeah, it's seven, it's seven, yeah, 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 a million euros, a hundred thousand euros to anybody who could prove that, um, that the measles, that measles was a, was a virus because he claims that it is a, a, a psychosomatic disease caused by stress. And so, uh, who was the doctor who, who did it? Uh, David Barton. Da- yeah, David Barton proved it. And but this this asshat who who's the what's the name of the asshat? Mr. Lanka. Mr. Lanka, uh, wouldn't pay up, and so it went to court, and the court said, mm, nope, he 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 approved it. You need to pay, and so of course Mr. Lanka, the asshat, is uh he he's going to uh um uh, okay um by the way Brian yeah if you would like to use it correctly the correct term is Azelwood. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, Eselhut. 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 Not everything in German is 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 five hundred <laughs> letters. It's just all angry. <laughs> it's just angry. It's kind of like Eselhut. There you go. I, Very. Okay. I took like three years of German in high school, and so anyway, so so he's going to appeal it further. I hope that the appeals court will also, you know, order him to pay. He probably doesn't have the money. That's probably the other problem here. Does he actually have the the hundred thousand euros to 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 pay the claim? Well, who knows? I mean, you know, whatever. Well, if, you don't like, come out and make that idiotic of a wager without having something to back it up. Well, yeah, but you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> but still, his credibility is pretty much. <laughs> pretty questionable at this point. Exactly. Well, it's questionable from the start, right? right. I mean, yeah. So, well, I, I'm still trying to figure out how you don't understand mm-hmm. that measles is a virus. It's one of those things that's kind of like, wh- where is he getting his science from? Well, what's his deal? Like, is he a vaccine denier? I or think would so. it, You yeah. know what I mean? There's probably some yeah, underlying, so. like the climate science deniers, there's an underlying issue that he's trying to address. So, yeah, so German biologists who offered 100,000 100, euros to anyone who could prove the measles, that measles is a virus that has been, uh, is a virus has been ordered to pay by the courts. So he's been ordered to pay up by the courts. But here's the thing is he doesn't, ha- he probably doesn't have the money. He probably said this, you know, but yet he can't back it up. I mean, he, I mean, the, yeah. We can see the virus. Make that kind of claim if you think somebody is going to make good on it. Yeah. Well, how can you be uh, of all the claims to make? This is one that is established. I I I can't figure out his logic here. Right, because we know the vaccine works. Right. I mean, because we've seen the anti-vaxxers normally don't come out and say, "Oh, these aren't real diseases." Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. That's something that makes no sense here is why he would come out and be trying to say this disease isn't real. So I don't know. I actually don't know if he's an anti-vaxxer or not. But what I know is that that he he was stupid to say measles isn't a virus. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's another German word that's important in this particular circumstance. Microscope. (laughs) That's what that means. Microscope. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks yeah, but, like, I just Googled this Lanka guy. It looks like he's an H- HIV denier, too. Oh, is he really? Well, yeah. it's like he's all so kinds he's, of... He's, so basically, he's trying to deny HIV by starting with measles. Or oh, that's I haven't good, okay. gotten that deep down the rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, it sounds like he has a whole host of crank beliefs, and I'm not sure what the causal arrows are. Well, the first thing that popped up when I put it in is he exposes the viral fraud. <laughs> But he doesn't expose it. That's the problem, is that we we have evidence. Right. And, 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 yeah. I can't imagine that, that the uh, that an appellate court in Germany is gonna is gonna say, Whoop, no, I think he's right. <laughs> yeah, I I have a little uh I agree. I think it's good that it went to court. I think he should have to pay, right. but I always get uncomfortable when we use the courts to decide, establish yeah. to speak to scientific things like creationism or this or uh, I, don't know if we use, yeah. I don't know if we use the court or if in this case we just simply use the microscope. Yeah. Oh, here's his claim, which is interesting. Well, but Not here's the even... thing is that if he doesn't pay up, what are, there's no other recourse other than the court, right? That's true. And so it has to go to court. So, but here's the thing is that it, is the court ruling on whether it's a virus or not or whether in, in that he proved it? I mean, that's, that's the part of this that's difficult. It's like, because what if the court didn't understand it? That always scares me. Like any time that that like anything that like it's technical, anything that has to do with like the internet goes to court or or Congress is voting on stuff, it always scares the shit out of me because these people don't have a fucking clue. Right. Well, this guy, I mean, he's claiming straight out that none of the viruses are real. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm on his Wikipedia not, not page. Not even one a, of the viruses a, have ever been isolated. There's no proof of their existence. But he's a virus yeah. denier. That's ridiculous because we've isolated the measles so we can make a vaccine from it. The fact that we've made a vaccine and and people have stopped getting measles, that's proof right there. No, since measles is psychosomatic, the vaccine could just as easily be uh, a placebo, sugar water, a sugar water a placebo, <laughs> or uh, well, let me see what German for sugar water is. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, no, it, um, the, the stuff I'm seeing on him is pretty... Zuckerwasser. Zuckerwasser. <laughs> like I said, it all sounds angry. Yeah. And he's trying to claim that um, the, the because the photos are colored, that is proof that they are artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Electron microscope photos always appear in black and white. So they use dye to... Uh... Well, they use filters. No, they use filters. I mean, <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, yes, it's like when we get a radio... When we when you look at radio astronomy, astronomy they add, you know, they add colors. They add colors, filters yeah. to that so that, that you can identify different things. That doesn't mean anything. That's just so that we can see different pieces in... Oh, what a moron. Yeah, it's... Well, I, I don't know if he's necessarily a moron. He's making... It's it's an interesting claim to make because you can say because they because it is colored that it has been retouched. Uh, yes. Well, and if it has been retouched, that does diminish it as evidence. Okay, so he's not an idiot. He's an Satan German for me. Eselhut. There you go. All right, <laughs> Terry. I'm sorry, I'm totally down the rabbit hole of this guy's. Yeah, uh, well, uh, let, let, let's go, let's come back to the let's come back to the show. Let's finish the show. <laughs> it's your okay. fault. You're the one that put the link in there. Oh, right? hey, <laughs> I can't be blamed for anything that's unprofessional in this show. So, in the culture and cognition section, I put in a link to a really amazing website called Atlas Obscura. It bills itself as a definitive guidebook and friendly tour guide to the world's most wondrous places. It has travel tips, articles, strange facts, and unique events. And it really is so much fun to look at because it's just like today's – on the front page today, they have a native village in Bali lays their dead at the foot of a holy tree whose fragrance stems the tide – whose fragrance stems hide the stench. So there's just this pile of skulls up against this tree, and you can go visit it. They've got all of this information, and they have architectural sections and um, museums, like the Museum of Medical History and uh, Medical Oddities Museums and pageants and events worldwide. It's just it's so fantastic. It's so cool to look at, and it makes me want to travel. It is a very cool site. It is a really cool site. I was cool looking site. at it when it was up on, the, up on the notes last week. I was looking at it going, Oh, I want to spend some time here. Uh, the editor is, um, he used to be the editor at Slate, 
so he does a really good job. Uh, Dave, what's his name? David. Uh, oh, sorry. Rosen. No, his wife is Hannah Rosen. Uh, Plotz. David Plotz is the editor. So yeah, don't, go check it out. And yeah, let's. I, man, I need to win the lottery so I can travel to a bunch of these places. Important security well, message. I, I just put in Denver, Please Colorado call to see what pro- we got. Um, we have American Alpine Club Library. I've never been there. Buffalo Bill's Grave. I've been. Yep, uh, been there. Dinosaur Hotel. I've never been. Um, have some really high ceilings. Linger Eatery. Don't know that one. Buck Horn Exchange. I've heard of. Never been. I've I've driven past that one. A Buckhorn Exchange looks amazing. I've walked past a few times. It looks really awesome. So basically, you can find ones near your own um, city. That's one of the things. So, you know, even if you don't have time to really travel, look up stuff locally. You know, a, a fair amount of these I've been to, but those are still ones I haven't seen. So, you know, it, and a lot of this stuff would not be hard to visit. And it's stuff you might not, what I like about it too, is it's stuff like that. You might not even know about it, and it's in your own backyard, and it's cheap, and you can just go do it. Yeah. I love that. So I clicked on our next link for the show, and I, I, let's see if it happens to me again. I got a, a security warning telling me that I needed to call a call a company. Let's see what happens here. The driverless cars? No, it was yeah. I don't know what happened. I got some. I, I don't know what. Tesla what, basically just ignited the driverless car era. No, but it, I heard this. It was I got this message. You know, it was it was a bogus security warning when I clicked on the Good. link. I don't know what happened. I haven't had anything like that on mine. I've, yeah. yeah, I've got no such thing. Unless I clicked. I mean, yeah. Unless I, I don't know how I got there, but that was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I can't, it can't recreate it. I don't know what huh. I clicked. Weird. All right. Anyway, so let's talk about uh, Tesla basically ignites the driverless car era. Yep. All right. So anyway, I, I happened to hit one or two news articles on the same day about driverless cars, which made me go looking for a lot more stuff. Oh, so these are yours stuff. in there that have no name on them. I'm sorry? These are all, these are yours that have no name on them. Yes. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and the thing, the thing that really, that I really wanted to touch upon on this, um, the one that really kind of ignited my ire, most of this other stuff is just information around it, but, the the guy who the guy from Tesla says that Elon Musk. Dri- yes, I, I will not say his name because he sounds like he actually should be a cologne. Um, <laughs> what? He sounds like he should be a cologne. A cologne, Elon Musk. Oh, I thought you said a cologne. <laughs> a I was cologne. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. This is about driverless cars. Cloning could go in there somewhere too. But, I would wear uh, Elon anyway, Musk. No, but I, I'm just he, saying, I would wear that. <laughs> anyway, what what kind of ignited me on this was he says that driverless cars will make human-driven vehicles outlawed. He says that yeah, human cars, human-driven cars will be outlawed because of driverless cars. And I just don't see as a society that happening. I don't see that I don't see us giving up giving up our our boxes basically well, we have given up a fair amount already, i i think i i i'm gonna do i totally disagree with you because here's the thing is that we say that now from our perspective but look at kids now who who have given up so much like privacy like like i'm way more concerned about than most teenagers are about privacy like yeah. you know and in the way that they interact on the internet and in and, and stuff that they share it is is well, different from what so as as this goes on and as driverless cars become the norm, it it's very likely that we're going to see less and less people driving cars because why would we? But uh, well, and this goes off. Um, MythBusters did the um could a average person land a plane thing a little while back, and one of the things they're looking at is the airplanes right now are heavily autopilot. The pilots don't actually do that much really in flight. They're there just to make minor adjustments, and that's about it. Well, much like with cars and planes, so but like during landing, if there's any sort of problems or stuff like that, the pilot is there to take over. Yeah, because for the most part, it's set up to know what it's doing, and you just go along with it. And I could easily see cars going that way as well. There's almost a logic to it. Well, sure, and and you know, and um, Eric Schmidt from Google says it's a bug that cars were invented before computers. Having and, and so he, and so he's also saying that humans driving cars is a terrible idea. Yeah, but that's a pretty unrealistic thing to say. Is it? I mean, why? I understand, why is I it understand unrealistic? Why he's saying it and the fact that he is saying it. But 
consider what the computer is an extension of and consider what the car is an extension of. Well, we have the technology now that, you know, we have cars that actually have all the cameras and sensors to tell you what's next to you. And they will actually, you, you can buy cars that will break on you if they sense you're too close to something. I've oh, driven cars like that. Most modern cars will break on you for almost any reason, but. <laughs> but I mean, put on the brake. We are AKE. I knew it's meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we are headed there. I mean, even without them completely taking over. We are already, um, you know, the cars coming out now do have stuff on them that will override the driver and tell you, hey, wait a minute. No, you can't do that. They can parallel park themselves now. Uh, I yeah, haven't seen that, but I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. The, that, mean, that would be. Yeah. Lexus has that. Be nice if they could uh, give cyclists three feet. But they probably <laughs> can. But here's the thing you said. It probably is safer for My cyclists. My door doesn't reach three feet, Terry. So how am I going to hit the cyclist with the door? <laughs> here's here's the thing is that this is this is actually one of those things that in in your average setting right in good road conditions on 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 good weather days that a computer can do better than a human where where the human is still better right now is you know on snow in rainy weather when the, when those sensors have problems so there's yep. so it's not so it's not a panacea right but on average and what tesla will be doing is this will work while you're on the highway, which is generally really where you, where you want well, it. I mean, at least to start. we've got cruise control right now that keeps your speed constant on the highway, and we've had that since – hell, we've had that since mm. the 70s. Okay, but yeah, but that that's only one piece of it. It can't steer, but now these things are going to be able to steer. But so on – but the road – there's going to have to be in good condition for this too, because I imagine if the lines get funny, like when they're doing road construction, that right. that the the cars more likely to have problems in those yeah. scenarios. Well, and, and right? Winter, winter driving. Right. In, in winter driving. Uh, yeah. On snow, I'd say yeah. In, in, in general, with computers, anything not prepared for, the computers are going to have issues with. So you know, you're always going to have that. Right. Now, but um, the fourth link down actually covers a bunch of things that will that the sensors are not set to resolve at this point. Right. It talks about weather, which you just mentioned. Right. It talks about human hand signals, which you did not. So it can't reliably interact with uh, hand signals given by another driver. Say if your turn signal is out. Right, but it's not going to need uh, to because the computers can talk to each other. It also can't interfere. It can't, it, it, uh, it also can't inter interact with policemen using hand signals to direct traffic. Mm. Right, but here's the thing: is that if the computers can talk to each other, and and we might not need those things. Yeah. Um, if the uh, sun is behind a traffic light, it can interfere with the with the sensors. Yeah, uh, potholes and manholes, it can't. They can't uh, detect very well. Yeah, the man should have been out of the street in the first place. Yeah, and it talks about the pre-mapped roads, which basically what it's saying is, right. if, um, if the road doesn't exist on the map, it knows it um would it would have problems, which makes sense. Right. And so new new roads and changes to the highways and stuff would definitely throw it off. But there is Brian? no there's no reason that that driving can't become a novelty. Yeah, Brian, I'm going to remind you of something now. Please turn around and drive 20 miles back to get on E470. Oh yeah, that was funny. So that was that was my first that was my first Google phone and we re and when the, and the mapping technology and it was not it was not good. It was a problem. Uh, it but, was uh, uh, not very good at adjusting. Right. But and here's the thing is that um in the t in town now my my Google Maps is awesome, right? And when I go to Houston, my Google Maps is awesome. I I wouldn't I wouldn't go without it. But in the mountains um, if you get off I seventy, it's not so great. Like, um, so there are, yeah. So yeah. So there are certainly problems, right? But I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that eventually. I mean, I. I don't agree that it that it's going to become illegal, at least not anytime soon. But I do think that this is one of those things that, in a lot of situations, that a computer can do better, and there and there's liable to be less accidents. Okay. So what would you suspect the ratio of of computer-assisted driving versus human 
driving well, deaths would be. Actually, well, see, now that's a good question, and, and we don't know. But let's say – so somebody had had an article in here that, that I was reading, or I don't know if it was in here. I was, I was reading an article that basically said, what if – you know, we were talking about 3,300 deaths by, by, by yep. computer-operated cars. Would, would that would that be – you know, would, would you authorize something like that? When you compare it to uh, 33,000 deaths – by human drivers, and so there's a there's a question here that that needs to be resolved is can are, are we're gonna we're obviously gonna tolerate deaths less by um, by a computer than we are by another human that we have a so there's certain tolerances that you know that humans are accepting of but we are gonna have to accept that that there are going to be uh, car accidents by computers as of yet there are zero. I, I think we would be outraged at any accident caused by a computer-driven car. See, but that's unrealistic. Farm, I, 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 I'm not saying it's not unrealistic, but I am saying it's very human. Here, I, I have, I have an, I'm more scared by. Um, did you get, Did we talk about the 60-minute stuff on the show? Maybe okay, maybe not. Which so, 60 minutes? Okay, stuff? there was a 60 minutes um, where the, where they had a car and they had um, DARPA. Uh, demonstrating some technologies for uh, hacking the car remotely while somebody was driving it. So they were able to hack the car and while the car was moving, turn off the brakes. Because right now, you talk about a, a computer-assisted driving, all the modern cars are doing it. Your brakes are controlled by computers. Your steering is controlled by computers. Your uh, wipers are controlled by computers. So all that stuff is already computer-controlled. You You are activating it when you hit something. But it's still the computer that does that ultimately turns the wipers on or hits the brakes. And they were able to turn the brakes off while the while the person was going. And the steering is also. I mean, I I'm at, I think that most of the steering because it's not rack and pinion anymore. There's no physical steering piece there. It's all computers. I don't have power steering in my car. <clears throat> I have power steering. It's I, it's I still all think... physical. <laughs> well. I'm serious. It is it is pure physical. There is no power steering assistance in my car. It is all rack and pinion. Then rack and pinion is pretty good. I don't I don't know if my car has rack and pinion. I might my, my might be computer controlled. I I should look. Um, but so here's the thing is that so we're already computer assisted. Remember, um, Toyota had the braking problem. Yes. Right, because the computer wasn't braking. So I'm concerned right now about the ability to to hack these cars remotely and to the one of the things that also concerns me is that they're sending the out all these teslas are going to get this firmware update over the air so there so it's not like you have to go in someplace and plug in and get this update no no, no it's going to you're going to get it wirelessly which means that the firmware to your car could be updated wirelessly that to me i find scary I, that is scarier than, than, than self-driven cars by any means. That's scarier than, than, you know, people being outlawed from driving. The fact that our, that all these cars could be hacked simultaneously. And the new commercials are all about the fact that the cars have a Wi-Fi connection now. Well, yeah, exactly. And that stuff is not air gapped. So, so the, the vehicle systems, you know, that are controlling all of these important functions are, are not, are, are not separate from the Wi-Fi and all these other systems. So it's a so we've got a bunch of problems before this can become the norm that we have to solve. Yeah. But back to my point, I think that we would as a society realistic or not have far less tolerance for a uh a person who was killed by a machine error in a car versus a human error in a car. But it already happens and we're already tolerating yeah. it to a certain extent. I, I know, but I'm just I'm simply making the point that, that is that's where we're at as a as a society. I agree that's what with we you. Do. I agree with you that if the deaths were the same as human drivers, that would be a problem. But if it is ninety percent less, then I think that it's acceptable. That's you. You think that it should be zero. You would not accept any deaths by a computer. No, I'm not. I'm not saying what I would accept. I'm saying that that is you. You're saying that about yourself, but I'm saying that most people would be highly outraged at even one death caused by a computer. I don't think I think you're wrong. I, d I doubt that 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 the tolerance is that low for computers because we already we already accept that Windows boots up half the time in blue screens and we and we shut it down, and reboot it and it comes up fine. We tolerate that. Yeah, but our lives aren't on the line when it does that. Yeah, they are. They are if it, if it's a medical computer. If that computer runs your heart, if you if it's running your heart equipment. 
Mac, do you think that there's like a fundamental fear of giving up control or is it a fear of technology? I think there's a fundamental fear of giving up control. Um, I, you know, the car. Well, there is a fear of technology as well, though. The the car took over for the horse. Yeah, and James Cameron can be thought can be thanked for that. But um, Terminator, <laughs> I got it. Uh, the car took over for the horse, and once that happened, we fell in love with the fact that we had something we could steer, and it did what we told it to. Whereas the horse did what we told it to, maybe if it wanted. The car is still going to do what we tell it to. Yeah, and it's going to do it better. It's going to be doing what, a, what another machine tells it to do. You. Uh, yes, you. That machine. I wonder if it's just going to happen incrementally, like you were saying. Though, That's about, what's going to happen. Right. Like yeah. the first we have cruise control, and then now we have that accident avoidance stuff that swerves you around the whatever and mm-hmm. hits the brakes. And uh, it's just going to be a gradual progression maybe in baby steps. It's going to start with highway driving, right? And the, and and then it's going to creep into city driving and more and let and and until I mean, right now Google is building a car that doesn't have a steering wheel. You can't operate this car; it has to drive itself. Can you imagine the highway driving? That's so appealing to people too, because you could get work done, or you could take yeah, a nap, exactly. or you could read a book, or you could well, yeah. drive through the mountains. You, I mean, as a driver, you don't really get to look around. Now you, now you can. Now you can look around at the scenery. I love this idea of telling it, this is where I'm going. You know, uh, wake me when I get there. So to a more fun <clears throat> question, if you've got a car that drives itself, who do you pick for the voice on that? Oh, well, you got to go with Kit. Uh, William Daniels? <laughs> William okay. Daniels, absolutely. Or you could go with Peter Cullen and go car. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that would be okay. But that would scary. for that matter. That, that one might scare me more. Can you imagine? You know, it's like the uh, it's like the commercial for Uber that uh, they had the Optimus Prime truck driving around as Uber, and they had they had the the voice, and he's telling he's telling the people who are passengers, he's like, "I enjoy having you inside me." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your pizza. You know, I am your Uber. Have you tried to go back and watch Knight Rider? Oh, I have not. That show is There's one of a- the biggest pieces of shit. I tell you what, I tried to rewatch that because as a kid, you know, it was fantastic. Oh, I love oh, yeah. it. Well, oh, yeah. yeah that, that, those years, there were two cars that dominated TV, and one of them was orange and had a Confederate yeah, flag, and the other yeah. one was a black Trans Am. Yeah, but you go back and try to watch Night Rider now. It is so bad. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. You know, in, in like MacGyver's still bad, but you can kind of you can kind of get through it. Knight Rider is so bad. I can't. I couldn't even get through it. It was so. It was bad. Oh, <laughs> well, MacGyver does have. Uh, it does have. Ah, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. Richard. Richard Dean, Dean Anderson, Anderson yeah. going for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. MacGyver has Richard Dean Anderson. All you can say for Knight Rider is that it had David Hasselhoff before he was popular in Germany. <laughs> nice. Before Baywatch. <laughs> um, but here's the problem. He's bad. <laughs> yes. So, okay. So... We're, 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 we, we have disagreements on self drive. I don't think that, I think, I, I do, I do want to agree with you that saying that it's going to be, uh, illegal is, is overstating it some. Yeah. And, but, you know, where we're at right now, I, I look forward to the day when I can legally flip my left turn signal on three miles before I make a turn or oh, I decide not to make that turn. I think once you hit 65, that's legal. You're oh, okay. Well, they, they put that on the books as an eventual left. This is why you should have a self-driving car. You already should have a self-driving car. <laughs> Here's the thing is that Elon Musk has, has – he never speaks halfway. Yeah, and here's the other if thing is that he can generally buy a self-driving car. He's been he's been very good at backing up what he says too, right? I mean, he he wanted you know he he's he sent supplies to the space station successfully. I mean, he's a guy who says he's going to do something and he produces results. Not all of his ideas have come to fruition. I mean, we're still waiting for his high speed train, you know. But I mean, 
He's got good ideas, and a lot of times they have sound backing behind him. And even this time, he he has sound backing behind him. Now I I'm surprised that he's just, that all these Teslas are going to have this because there's still legal ramifications that have not been worked out. So he's jumping the gun. So I mean, there's a maybe whole bunch of issues maybe here. He's just making the maybe he's making the jump to maybe try to get us ready as a society. Hey, but and that's fine, right? Uh, but I still think I mean, you still have to have somebody behind the wheel right now. It's not legal to just, you know, take a nap. So, but we'll see. I mean, when all these Teslas, when all these Teslas have, have that technology, I mean, that, let's see if it gets used. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. And I like driving. Driving, driving is a pleasure most of the time. There are times when it's not, but most of the time it's a pleasure. If you're going 15 miles per hour on the highway because you've got cars jam-packed in front of you, not such a pleasure. Well, that's when the, that's when I want the driverless car, right? That's when I want yeah. the car to take over because that's when I don't want to drive. So why is yeah. that when you well, don't want to Well, I'd like the use... car to be able to take over so I can lean out the window and get accurate shooting. But... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so why aren't you taking mass transit in those situations? What's the what's the advantage of driving your own car oh, wait, in a well, situation hold on. like that? I take the bus. I take the bus every day and be- because I don't want to drive in those situations. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. But sometimes there's traffic that's unavoidable and you're in a car. Sure. But yeah, I know I take the bus. I, I wish that they were, that the train to Boulder got canceled because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to get on the train to go downtown. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, but they canceled it. But yeah, so I do, I do take mass transit because so that I can just sit on the bus and, you know, read a book or play with my, you know, play with my phone, you know, do whatever I want to do. Right. Surreptitiously watch the crazies. That's what I do when I am on the train. Yeah, yeah, that's that. You know, people watching say hell of a lot of fun. It's better on the train than the bus, I think. Oh yeah, yeah I, I think see, so. I don't, see. I haven't ever taken a bus here. I, I'll have to <laughs> compare now. Taking the train a few times, but not a bus. All right. Well, I think that's good. Hey, everybody, thank the prude. Hey, Ian. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and say good night, everybody. Good night, good night everybody. everybody. Good night. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Kennold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry.